0: Uh, you've heard people talk about the meaning of Christmas, wonder no more, I'm an expert on the meaning of Christmas, and that's not because of my studies of the biblical text, it's not because I have worked my way through the theology of the Incarnation, I am an expert on the meaning of Christmas because I have been watching the Hallmark movie Channel. And invariably, those shows end by telling me what the true meaning of Christmas is. And so far, it is family, it is giving, it is being nice, it is being caring, it is being together. Somehow, this bastion of theological rectitude has managed to show movies about Christmas without ever once deciding that it's about Jesus. So um, it's almost as if God knew we would do this, that he would send Jesus to be born as a baby in the major. Everybody would come, worship a door, write carols about him, exchange gifts and all that, and get the meaning wrong. And so before we had a chance really to get too far off track, God sent his angels to make sure we knew what the meaning of Christmas really is. This isn't opinion. This isn't somebody writing a nice, uh, uh, you know, script about what the meaning of Christmas is and trying to be poetic and pretty and and all that other kind of stuff. But uh, rather, this is God telling us what the meaning of Christmas really is. And he tells that meaning to a group of shepherds, sort of of out-of-the-way people, uh, working the night shift. And he tells them what Christmas really is. It's a kind of message that is really, it's more than just a moving message. It's more than just inspirational. It is a crucial message for us this morning. So I want for us to look at uh, what the angels had to say to the shepherds as we look at the meaning of Christmas. And then in verse 8, it says, In the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over the flock by night. They were doing what they would always do. They had the night shift. It was their turn. They'd go out, spend maybe a night or two out in the open as they left for work. You know, bye, honey. We'll see you later. Uh, You know, Iksak isn't going to be there. I've got to do double duty tonight. Oh, that's terrible. You're going to be gone. Yeah, right, right. You know, and so they get out there and they stake out, you know, okay, I'll take this watch, you take that watch. And they're just going through the motions of life. They're doing what they always do. They're on some little hillside we can't even find anymore. I mean, we know about where it is, but we, we can't point to it. In other words, they were doing what they had always done. They were in places where they always were. And there was nothing special about it. You know, one of the great things about Jesus he always finds us no matter where we are. He always finds us no matter where we are uh, physically. Here, God sent the angels to find a a group of shepherds on a hillside. Thousands of years later, he would send the, the work of the Holy Spirit to walk through the basement hallways of a dormitory room at Duke University to find a sophomore who was sitting there thinking about the meaning of life because that's what sophomores do and changes thinking and changes life. God has a way of finding us wherever we are physically. That's why it doesn't make much sense to try to hide from God, and it doesn't make much sense to think that God's forgotten where you are. It doesn't make any sense to to think that, well, I can find a place in God's universe that God has created and God has designed. I can find some place that He doesn't know about, and there I can live my life and and he doesn't have a claim on it. No, these angels found the shepherds where they were, and God comes to us where we are. The Christmas message comes to us where we are, and this morning the Christmas message comes to you wherever you are, whatever's going on in your life in that regard. So they were out on the hillside in the field keeping watch over their flock by night, and lo, it's not in my translation, but I'm just going to put it there. And lo, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. All right. So he's just on the hillside, minding your own business, watching the sheep, trying to stay awake, and this angel appears. Not just an angel, but the full Glory of God. Now, a lot of us think that, oh, if only God would speak to me, I would know what to do with my life. If only God would make himself known, then I would know for sure what I'm supposed to do and what decisions I'm supposed to make. Universally, in the Bible, whenever the glory of God appears to somebody, their first response is fear. Nobody ever says, oh, the glory of God has just appeared to me. That's great, God. I've got a few things I want to talk over with you. There's some things you've got to explain to me. No, whenever the glory of God appears to us, really know the glory of God, we start to to realize some things. This this is the glory of God, and God knows the fullness of my sin. He knows the fullness of my rebellion. He knows the fullness of how I have have departed from, from His plan for my life. When we are confronted with the glory of God, we sort of figure things out the way Isaiah did. You know, you're a holy God. You are a holy and holy and holy God. And I am a man of unclean lips in the midst of a people of unclean lips. In other words, I'm, it's a dangerous thing for me to be here in the presence of Almighty God. So the glory of God shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. But the glory of the Christian me- Christmas message, by the way, is that God comes to us wherever we are emotionally. There are some people whose lives are being lived in fear. That's why the angel's going to say in a moment, fear not, you know, um, that, that, you know, God's doing something gracious here. But some of us live in an emotion of, 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 of anxiety or, or doubt or depression or, or sadness. Some of us are, are, are living lives just lethargically going through life. The wonder of Christmas is that God comes to us wherever we are emotionally, and that story is for us. You see, let me tell you something. These shepherds had not earned the right to have a visitation of the angels. It's not like they went to angel visitation school and got a certificate that made them qualified for God to speak to them. They were just ordinary guys going through their ordinary life on an ordinary place, and when they saw the glory of God, they were filled with fear. But God speaks to them anyway. The angel of the Lord peers to them, the glory of the Lord shines around them, they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, anybody ever ask you, where can I find the gospel? in like one or two verses, point them here. I know you'll point them to John 3:16 and other verses like that. But you can point them to the Christian mess, uh, to the Christmas message. And the angel says, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news. I bring you, you and I bring you Gospel, literally, I bring you the gospel of great joy that will be for all the people. The amazing thing about the Christian message, it is for all the people. See, if we'd been writing the script, you know, the, the, the news would have gone to maybe the rabbis, you know, the theological experts, those who really knew what was going on. And the, the gospel would go to the rabbis and say, you know, here it is, and look at your Torah and look at your prophecies, and you see this Messiah. No the message did go to the rabbis and they wanted to kill him. We might have said, well, why choose shepherds? Let's choose somebody a little more more noteworthy. Let's choose the king. Well, the, the, the king who's most handy to us is like King Herod. So let's go tell King Herod that the Messiah is born. And sure enough, the message did get to King Herod. He heard that the Messiah had been born and he wanted to kill him. See, God chose the lowly to shame the proud. And God chose the weak to shame those who were powerful. And so uh, this gospel message comes and This is a tidings. This is a good news. This is gospel, and it's for all the people. And here it is. For unto you is born this day in the city of David. By the way, that just links you up to the entire Old Testament. That links you up to everything that God had been promising and doing in the Old Testament, now being fulfilled, that the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem is a fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. So just in that, that fact that he's born in Bethlehem and saying God is working in concert with everything he ever said or did um, that's recorded for us in the Old Testament. So, unto you, is born this day in the city of David. And here he is. He's a savior, not a philosopher. He's not a self-help guru. He's not a motivational speaker. He's not merely a shining example. He's not just a convenient way to talk about the highest aspirations of the human heart. Jesus is born a Savior. He's born the one who will die for our sins. Even at this point, the cross is in view. He will die for our sins so that by faith in the Son, we might have access to the Father by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Messiah. He is Christ. He is fulfillment of the promise of God. He is Christ Messiah. He is the Lord. Now, if you want the the gospel just thrown at you, just very quickly, Jesus is Savior, Christ, and Lord. And when you get that straight and you invest your heart by faith in that fact, then you come to understand what the gospel really is all about. And this will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby. There's a lot of babies wrapped in swaddling cloths. The poor people did that a lot back then. And lying in a manger. Well, a little bit odd, but these things happen. But the sign will be Jesus himself. The sign will be Jesus. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, and they are praising God. A multitude of the heavenly hosts suddenly fills the sky, and they are praising and worshiping God. If Christmas doesn't lead to the praise and worship of God, it ain't Christmas. Right? So, they're, they're praising God. This gospel message it comes to you. It comes to you wherever you are, physically, geographically. It comes to you wherever you are, emotionally. It comes to you wherever. You are socially, you now whatever rank you are, it comes to the shepherds, it comes to the wise men. It comes to you wherever you are spiritually. Wherever you are, the Christian Christmas message of the gospel comes to you. And the angels then break out. Have you ever been uh, around a Christmas tree and a lot of presents under the tree and you're opening the presents and one of them's for a little preschooler in the room, and so you give them to the preschooler and, and naturally. Um, you're, you're, this little preschooler says thank you very much I'm deeply appreciative of the thought and the gift it's, it's really just moving my heart that no the kid just takes it rips it open and starts playing with it meanwhile mom and dad they're, they're begging their child say thank you say thank you this is why ventriloquism wasn't in, invented thank you very much <laughs> Okay, but 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 the parents will turn, and they will say, for the child, they'll say, thank you. It's almost like God said thank you for us. You know, we're like little children, and the gift of Jesus comes to us, and God fills the heavens with, with the host, with an army of, of angels to say thank you on our behalf. And so um, they, 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 the, the sky is filled with a multitude of the heavenly hosts. They're praising God, and they're saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men. Now, uh, the older translation, peace is one thing, goodwill toward men is another thing. Um, There's actually a balance, if if you look at it in, in in the newer translations, it is to God in the highest glory, to men, to people on earth good will of God, and peace. is okay? peace. And that's the balance of it. To glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, good will toward men. That, that is the expression of what the gospel accomplishes. It brings us to glorify the Father. The angels sing, glory to God in the highest. You see, glory, glorifying God, that's the anthem of the angels. This is what angels do. When we read about heaven in Revelation chapters 4 and 5, we find the angels are constantly singing about the glory of God and singing praises to God. Some five different hymns of praise to God are there in Revelation 4 and 5. They're saying things like, holy, 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 Holy Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Singing the holiness of God. They're saying things like, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. They're worshiping the Son. They're saying... Glory to the one upon the throne and to the Lamb. They deserve honor and praise and glory and thanksgiving and all those kinds of of things. They're worshiping and praising God for all eternity. That's what we get to do. This, by the way, is how you know that Jesus is real in your heart. When you hear that, you know, for all eternity we're going to praise and worship the Father through the Son by the power of the Holy Spirit, you say, yes, I can't wait. If you think to yourself, my, that's awfully boring... (laughs) Then you got a problem but it's the anthem of the angels to give glory to God giving glory to God is the anthem of creation Psalm 19 says that the heavens are declaring the glory of God the firmament proclaims his handiwork you just look at creation and you see the wonder and the majesty of God's power to create. I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by the way science has been able to see the handiwork of God, to trace the brushstrokes of the artistry of God across the canvas of the universe. It amazes me. I mean, just, just one small example to me is how, how God is able to take just four molecules, just four, two on each hand, just four molecules, and link them together in pairs and thereby design every living thing in the universe. Seems like God's one smart fellow now, doesn't it? (laughs) It's just an amazing thing. And, And as scientists... Look out into the vastness of the universe, and the farther they look, they they see just the the vast expanse of the earth, universe, and it keeps getting bigger and bigger. These guys are called astronomers and cosmologists, and they say, "Oh, look at how big that is!" And yet, as they look at, at, at how big it is, the people, the, the the quantum physicists, are looking down into the into the um, inner workings of of the atom, and there they're seeing the the, the subatomic particles and the quarks and. and and, and those kinds of things, and they're they're all working together. Folks, I'm trying to snow you right now, but but it's it's just amazing to see as you look into the smallest parts of the universe, you see the amazing handiwork of God. And if you look at it long enough and you think about it long enough and you think about it the right way, you come to the point where you just got to say glory to God in the highest. This is an amazing universe that we live in. The anthem of glory to God is the anthem of the human race. Um, the, 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 that's why you were created. That's why I was created. We were created for the glory of God. We've been reading about that in Ephesians, but uh, the, that's why your purpose in life is to give God the praise, the honor, and the glory. That's, that's why you were here. That's why God woke you up this morning. That's why you draw every breath is to give glory and honor to God. That's why we fall short of the glory of God. That is our sin when we do not give the glory to God and the thanksgiving and the praise to God. But that is our purpose is to give the honor and the praise and the glory to God, to join with the angels in singing glory to God in the highest. That is our purpose in life. The anthem of glory will one day be the anthem of every nation. In Revelation 21, we're told about the new Jerusalem. And in this new holy city, there's no sun or there's no moon because they don't need light because the Father and the Son are the light of this city. And every nation that says the kings of the earth will bring their glory to this city, they may not do it now. But the day is coming when the knee of every king and president and, and uh, prime minister and potentate, and whatever else you've got every knee of every kingdom will bow down before him and will acclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father see that is the purpose of the nations and one day they will give all the glory to God but you know the day is coming the invitations have already been sent out you can RSVP already but the invitations have been sent out to the marriage feast of the Lamb. We read about it in Revelation 19. And at this feast, the bride of the Lamb comes in, the church comes in, the people of God comes in, and we sit down at the banqueting table, and we see the glory of the groom. We see the glory of Christ. And there it says four times that we sing hallelujah to God. Praise God to the Father. Hallelujah, we sing. Hallelujah. For the Lord God omnipotent reigneth, and He shall reign forever and ever. Hallelujah. 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 I'm sorry, I got carried away. Somebody with the, you know, but that's it. That's what we're going to do, more glory. Because that's what we will do for all eternity. That is our destiny is to give glory to God. So when the angels start singing glory to God in the highest, they're just bringing the entirety of creation and humanity and all together in one song and one anthem. This is what we will be singing for all eternity. Folks, if you're not giving glory to God, you just don't know what Christmas is all about. So these angels are singing. They're singing to, uh, uh, to the Lord, Glory to God in the highest. And then on earth, peace. Peace among men with whom he is pleased. Um, that's simply saying as glory to God is what he deserves, peace on earth is what he gives to us. Now this isn't the shallow, temporary peace that, that, that people think it is. This is an everlasting peace. We are at odds against God. We were enemies against God. But God loved us so much that he showed us how much he loved us that while we were still enemies of God, Christ died for us. And therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. This is the peace that we, re- that we receive at Christmas because of the birth of Jesus, the Messiah. We have peace. That's a story that, and, and a message that comes to hearts that are Desperately looking for peace. And so glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill to men. This message comes to every heart. Th- this message of, of glory to God and peace because of the work of Jesus Christ, it, it comes to the fearful heart. These, these um, uh, shepherds were, were, were just filled with fear, and, and they knew that this is the end. I mean, to stand in the, in, in the presence of, of an angry God, of a fearsome, glorious God. I mean, you just know this should, should end badly, but by grace he gives us peace with the Father through the Son by the power of the Holy Spirit. It, it's a message that comes to the fearful heart. It's a message that comes to the hopeless heart. You know, whenever Jesus went, there were some people who heard about him, they couldn't care less, and others who heard and they ran to him. And What was the difference? You know, that the word would come to a village, and they'd say, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming to the village. And in one, one house, there'd be a, a, a person, and she would say something like, well, I've got work to do. I've got to catch up and clean up. This, this uh, Passover thing is catching me by, by surprise, and I've got to get the gifts wrapped. You know, something like that. But you know, I'm, I'm, I'm too busy. I need to get my work done. Somebody else says, well, you know, I've I've got stuff at the office that needs to done. I, I even brought work home, and I've got to get that done. I'm, I'm, tell me about it when you get back. Somebody else would say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really right in the middle of something. My favorite program is on. I'm right in the middle of watching a ball game. You just tell me what happened. These are folks who never saw Jesus. But I'll tell you who did run. I'll tell you who did run to Jesus. It was that person who had spent their lives begging on the street corner because they'd been born blind. And somebody said, Jesus is coming. And the hope was inspired in the hopeless heart. And oh, Jesus, I want to see again. I want to see again. And Jesus, by his mercy, touched eyes that had been blind and opened them and they saw again. I'll tell you who else ran when they heard that Jesus was coming. It was the leper. It was the person who'd been told, you know, that that disease you've got. We can't have people like you close to us. You need to go live on the outskirts. You need to go find a leper colony. Live with people like you, but leave us alone and and don't come near us. And one day they hear, Jesus is coming, and they drop everything because the hopeless heart finds hope in Jesus. They ran to Jesus, and they didn't cry out, unclean, unclean. They cried out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And he touched them and he healed them. Oh, I'll tell you, the person who, who responded to the message that Jesus was coming. is was the woman who'd been sick for, for many, many years with an issue of blood, and the doctors couldn't cure it, and she was gone broke looking for a cure. And wherever she went, people would always stand a little bit distance because she would make you unclean if you touched her, and you couldn't go to synagogue and temple and all those kinds of things. And so she was an outcast, and she'd been sick, and she'd been suffering. But when she heard that Jesus was coming by, the the hopeless heart had hope again. She said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. And she moved her way through the crowd, and she just touched him. Oh, how lightly she touched him. And she was healed. And I feel like preaching on that story. But I'll tell you, the hopeless heart has hope in Jesus. The Christian message comes to the hopeless heart. The Christian message comes to the anxious heart you know you're worried about so many things you're worried about what's gonna happen to you You're worried about your finances we worry about our our kids and, and grandchildren and we worry about our families we we worry about work and we worry about the nation and we we're just so filled with anxiety but if you come to jesus you, you start to understand some things you start to understand that our father in heaven knows all about this kind of stuff that he knows all about lilies and birds and he takes care of them. He counts the, the hairs on your head and sometimes it takes longer and sometimes it takes less time to do that. But he, you know, he, he's got every hair, hair on your head numbered. He knows exactly what's going on and he will take care of you. And So be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. There's enough going on today to prove God's love and mercy for you. Oh, the anxious heart comes to know relief and joy in Christ. I want you to know that this message, this Christmas message, it, it, it speaks to the angry heart, the heart that's filled with bitterness, the heart that says, no, th- there's some things that are so hurtful to me, some things that have happened, I can't get over them, I can't get past them, it's, it's, it's just a done deal, I'm going to be angry at that person, I'm going to be mad about that situation, I'm going to be bitter for the rest of my life. But when you understand who Jesus is, and that he has died to forgive us of our sins, suddenly it makes sense that when my brother sins against me, I don't forgive him once, I don't forgive him twice, I forgive him 490 times, and I can't count that high. The battery runs out of my calculator before I get there, and I have to start all over again because we forgive without limit, because God without limit has forgiven us in Christ Jesus. Oh, this message comes to the heart that is wandering. And is lost and is confused and doesn't know where to turn. This message comes to the heart of the one who is feeding pigs in the far country. The message comes and says, "You know, you can be a servant in the Father's house. You can come. And when you crest the hill and you walk down the lane, and the Father sees you. He comes. He runs up. He hugs you. Throws a robe on you and rings and sandals and fatted calves." Is this my son who's come home? That's the Christmas message. Because it's all about glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to the people who've experienced the good will of God and the grace of God. That's the goodwill among men. And so um, we see that the angels are singing. Now when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, wasn't that interesting? You know, I wish I'd had my camera with me. I would have taken a few pictures. Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. Let's go see for ourselves. That's the response. Let's go see for ourselves. They went with haste. They found Mary and Joseph. They also found the baby lying in the manger. And when they saw it, they made known what had happened to them, what had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherd said. Mary had the good sense to treasure it all up in her heart. Now, she kept pondering those things. wonder where Luke got this. I I think he he talked to Mary about it. She was in Jerusalem. We know that. And uh, we know Luke got to Jerusalem. Well, that's that's another another story. But she treasured them all. Here. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them, they were honoring, glorifying, praising God. Now, I want you to notice something about this. You get an angel in the sky and the glory of God shining around. That seems like a big thing. All right. But then that angel is surrounded by an army of angels and they're all singing glory to God in the highest. And none of the neighbors complained about the, the noise. You know? <laughs> Nobody ever said, what is that? Let's go see too." The vast majority of folks slept right through it. And oh, sleepers awake. You know, wake them up. Sleepers awake. A voice is calling to us. That's what that And, um, and so this morning, you know, you, you're never going to have to wonder about the meaning of Christmas again. The angels tell us what meaning of Christmas is unto you is born a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Give glory to God in the highest and receive the peace of God in Christ Jesus by faith in Him. So my challenge to you this week is to just let the anthem of the angels float through your head all week long. You ever have that happen where a song gets in your head? You, know, you just can't get it out of your head. If it's Donka Shane, I'm really sorry for you. I mean, that's just like, hmm. But here's what it's going to be. Glory to God in the highest. Glory in the highest. Just let that go over and over and over in your mind because when you do that, you will be living out the meaning of Christmas and you will be singing the anthem of the angels. Let's bow together in prayer. Father, in this moment together, we give you all the praise and all the glory. Father, we recognize that you alone are worthy of worship. You alone are worthy of the obedience of our lives. And you alone are worthy of the bended knee before you. Father, we give you honor and praise and glory for the gift of your son, Jesus. For the glory of his life. The glory of his death for us. Father, we thank and praise you for the glory of his resurrection. And Father, how we thank you that we too will know the glory of life everlasting. And so, Father, I pray for that pouring of your Holy Spirit. Keep our eyes ever fixed on things above, our gaze fixed heavenward, and our voices constantly singing your praise that you would receive glory in the highest. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.